the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, today is a special podcast. It's number 100. I'm so excited to bring this next guest to you, Lucy Sasenya. She's the founder of Nobility Consulting Services, which helps people turn their dream businesses into reality. Welcome oh, to the show. Thank you. Your 100th show. Congratulations. Thank you. I know. I, I thought I'd never get here. Yeah, but... well, I'm honored to be the 100th guest. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for showing up, of coming course. here. Thanks for having me. So you had a pretty fascinating story, and that's why I wanted to feature you as number 100. Gone from being homeless with two babies all the way to interviewing celebrities like Tom Hanks yep. and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Some some pretty, <laughs> pretty big deal, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us your story. Well, um, I grew up in Bell, California. Okay. Two parents. They've been together this entire time. They're still together, wow. even though they probably shouldn't be. <laughs> I love you, Mom and Dad. But um, yeah, so I grew up in Bell, California, and both of my parents were in gangs. So okay. my dad was heavily into a gang out in the L.A. area. And my mom wanted to shield us from that. So at the age of 10, she sent us off, me and my older sister, to a church. Okay. And I ended up living at this church for the summer and then really fell in love with it and ended up getting really heavily involved. Mm -hmm. And the church was a Christian biker church, and we traveled the country. And biker church. A biker church. Wow. And the, the pastor was an ex-Hells Angel. Oh, wow. So it was as biker as it gets, right? Yeah. I did my first Sturgis run at the age of 12. So anybody that is a real biker knows what Sturgis is. I and, have no idea what that is. Oh, you got to look it up, John. <laughs> it's the biggest Harley Davidson biker run in, I think it's South North Dakota. Um, but yeah, and they happens. go from North Dakota down. No, somewhere, people or? from all over the world come into. I don't want. I wish it was. I think it's South Dakota, but they come in, and it is just a week long of Harley Davidson bikers, <laughs> and wow. the whole place is. You have the coolest looking bikes. Um, I met the. There's a movie called The Mask. Okay. I don't know if you heard of that movie. But anyway, the mom was there, mm -hmm. and Cher plays her in a movie. Yes, I, I saw that movie. I mean, it's just a, an eclectic group of people that come from all it. over, and they're radicals. So mm -hmm. I got to do that at the age of 12. We rode on the back of a Harley from, like, California to Arizona, all the way to Colorado. So anyway, I That's traveled cool. with this church, right? And being in this church allowed me to see different types of environments and the way that people lived. And mm -hmm. what it did for me, though, was it showed me that what I had in my own home and in my own little community of watching my parents struggle and seeing my dad come make the transition from being this gangster to now having to be a man of the house and a husband and a father, it showed me that people live differently and there's more than what I see in my own home. Mm -hmm. So I attribute a lot of who I am today to that experience. Wow. But when I left the church, I was 18 okay. and I went to school on a tour bus. So when I actually left, I never really finished because I was traveling so much. And in my own right, I was a star, right? <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. we were going to these places and performing in front of thousands of people. So were you singing or? I was a dancer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we took traveling songs. Traveling dance. A traveling, but Christian. Yeah. So we took songs like, you know, OPP, uh -huh. you know, G-O-D, like right. it was things like that. Oh, but Exactly. But we yeah. had a show on TBN. Okay. So I just really always was like, oh, I'm a star. I was made to be a star. I yeah. was made to be in this. And when I left the church, it was a really big blow because mm. growing up there, I had so much protection. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of bikers around that protected us. And mm -hmm. I went there when I was 10 and I left when I was 18. 
I would still go back and forth to my parents' house and I saw the struggle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of dysfunction in the home. My dad did end up getting out, but then the struggle came of having to be the man and support. Mm-hmm. And I would see him struggling. I mean, just financially and where we lived, you know, sometimes we'd be at home and our house would get shot up. Like, wow. I've noticed there's just things in that environment that I was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. I knew that there was more. But I didn't have the mentorship around me to get me to that level. I just knew that I saw it and I knew that it was possible. Mm. So as I grew up, my uncle ended up marrying a woman who her father owned a company. And I actually on the way here saw the truck on the freeway. It's Ted Johnson propane. Okay. And so when my uncle married her, he married into this family that had a business. And he would take my dad to like Laker games and floor seats or he gave him a car. And I thought, how is he able to do that? My family isn't. And how are these people able to live this way when I've never seen it? Yeah, I wasn't encouraged to, you know, get an education, nothing like that. So when I was 23, I went back to school. I had my daughter at this point. So I was doing night school, working my butt off Mm -hmm. during the day and had a kid in my, you know, my hip and I got my diploma. And then I went to work for a bank, uh, IndyMac. Okay. And being the way that I grew up with no, no limits. Again, mm-hmm. thinking I'm a star. Right. I was working. I can at, do anything. I can do any. Exactly. Right. Guys, no, there was no like man didn't. Uh, it did not. There was nobody inferior to me because I was a child of God. Like he's yeah. the only one. That's it. We all put our pants on one leg at a time. Right. We're all equal. Even though I know that there's people that are higher and doing much better. Mm. I never looked at it like that because again, I knew that I was special. Yeah. And that's really where it starts. If you believe you're something, mm-hmm. you're going to carry on your life that way. That's good. So I'm glad that I had that. I'm glad that, that I... come from your mom or dad? No, it or... came from this church because wow. I was traveling. Okay. I was literally, it was called the posse. So I was like, oh, you can't talk to me. Oh, you can't. And I was <laughs> a little brat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was a brat. But at the same time, it instilled this sense of Importance I am somebody. Importance value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so that is really important because if you think of yourself as somebody who is something, mm-hmm. no matter where you come from, no matter what your life has dealt you, yeah. you will get somewhere. Right. But it does really start with the way that you think about yourself. I did not know that then, though. Mm. So when I was 18 and I started working, you know, and my first job was a gym and then I ended up at the bank working in customer service. Mm-hmm. I got promoted to a AE, mm-hmm. which is an in-house rep. Right. We're we working. have a bunch of those here. I, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, I was watching these guys that were business development managers yep. and they were going out in the field and they were gone all day. Mm-hmm. Why did I have to sit in the office? I didn't even have to go to school all day. Why <laughs> right. am I sitting here? Yeah. So I went to the VP's office and I walked in there and I said, listen, I am like a bird and you have me caged here. Yeah. And you're not getting the best of me sitting in this office. I need you to promote me to be a BDM. Mm-hmm. Give me a book of business and let me go out there. And he did. That's so cool. I don't even have a high, like, <laughs> I mean, a, a college degree. I'm yeah. literally a high school graduate. But what I had was the tenacity mm-hmm. and the knowledge of knowing if they can do it, I can do it. Right. And I can walk into anybody's office, talk to anybody, yep. be myself and get what I need from them. Get business. Yeah, exactly. So he did. He gave me a book of business and. It's been off to the races since then. That's so cool. So I did do, you know. You worked at Indi- How long did you work at IndyMac? For five years until it went down. Okay. Literally, I had I had just had my second baby and 
we got a call saying don't come back to the office uh everybody was the at crisis the bank. is in yes, full effect 2008 the bank is shutting down everybody's yeah. at the bank pulling their money out yeah and that was the point where i was like okay what do i do i had just bought a home a year mm. earlier just had my second baby and i was lost and yeah. again because i came out the church everything that got me to where i was was my hustle and my grit yeah of my okay let's go i can do it there's no stopping me like who's gonna beat me i can do this but then reality hits and you have to understand like okay now what how do you pivot mm -hmm. what do i do now mm -hmm. i got a job at um adp okay but ever since i was little i've always wanted to be an actress so i've always had the acting thing mm -hmm. and i was doing auditions and they found out and so they fired me oh shoot <laughs> You can't work here oh and be an gosh, actor. Exactly. But I was hitting my quotas. I was hitting my numbers. So yeah. I realized, okay, I'm I'm disposable to these companies. Mm -hmm. I need to figure something out that I can do where nobody's going to fire me. Right. I can make my own money and I can still be here for my kids because I am a single mom. Mm -hmm. I have to pick them up. I don't want to miss any of their events. I didn't get that with my parents because I traveled so much. Mm-hmm that I did not want my kids to miss out on not having me. I didn't want them going into after school programs. So right. I really um, was like, okay, I need to figure something out. And I was 30 when this was all happening. And wow. I picked up my first book. My ex at the time had left a book at our home. <laughs> but you never read a book. I had never read a book The Bible? I, of course, the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bible like gives a... you life tips, but not like, it, <laughs> right. it, it's the path, but it doesn't give you the principles of how to live in this world. Right. You know, and this world will mess you up. With yeah. all the negativity, with all of its doubt and the fear that it gets placed in you. How do you navigate the everyday business world? Right. So what was that? this first book? It's called The One Minute Millionaire. <laughs> the One Minute Millionaire. One Minute Millionaire. I need to read this. It's <laughs> actually a really good book, but I didn't understand it. Okay. So I read it and now I'm reading it and I hear this. The only thing I took from that book was there was a woman who mm -hmm. was down needed some money mm -hmm. and she needed a thousand dollars to do something i don't quite remember but she thought in her mind okay i need this money and she believed that she would get it yeah and then literally the next day there was a check in her mailbox for a thousand dollars wow so i'm sitting there in my house like okay i need this i need this <laughs> right i'm thinking <laughs> yeah. that's all it did like right. that's all it took just think about it and it'll come right but i didn't realize at the time that no you have to really think about it envision it believe you it. gotta go work for yeah. And you believe in it. Absolutely. Right. And none of that was making sense to me. But that was my first book that I read. And then it was off to the races because I was like, oh, my gosh, these are where I'm going to find my mentors yeah. in these books. I'm going to be able to get myself to a level because I see myself as something more than I am. I'm in this home. Mm -hmm. It's foreclosing on me. Mm -hmm. I have two little girls. What am I going to do? Right. So I started reading books and I had met this man in my work travels mm -hmm. through ADP and he was a Hispanic guy from San Fernando Valley okay. and he had been in gangs when he was younger wow. and he's older now and he has a business and he's setting up corporations for companies. And I looked at him and I thought, oh my God, he's just like, I know that guy because yeah. that's my dad. That's my uncle. Those right. are my cousins. If he's doing it, I can do it. I can be a businesswoman. Right. And again, not knowing how to do it, I just knew that I was capable of doing it, but yep. I never saw it be done. Now I saw somebody that looked like me that was doing it. Yeah. So I had a mentor me and he taught me how to set up corporations. And so I started my first business. I went and got a DBA mm -hmm. and I took all of my lessons from working at the IndyMac Bank, mm -hmm. working at 
ADP yeah. of learning how to foot canvas, walking into banks, and I targeted my clientele. And I realized that I don't want to be B2C because yep. nobody knows me. I need to be B2B. Yep. And that was the start of my business. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, for not knowing much, right? Yeah, just charging head. Yeah. That's cool. So that's how it started. It's amazing. And then how did you, like, you well, tell us about how you were interviewing celebrities. Like, how'd you get to that Yeah. Point? So again, because I had been acting my whole life uh -huh. since I was 10, I did my first commercial at 10 years old for Gatorade. And then I stopped and went to the church, but the passion never left me. I knew that I was a star mm -hmm. because of everything I had been through. And mm -hmm. I know God put something in me. And I yeah. knew that my light is too bright not to have it out there. So yeah. I was like, I got to keep doing this. So I started acting again, and then I did a show where it was a dating show, and a guy had to kiss me, and he put his tongue in my mouth, and it was the most <laughs> disgusting thing that had ever happened to me, and I thought, this is not for me. Like a random stranger. Like a random stranger, oh, wow. and yeah. you're not supposed to do that. No. So I was like, oh, this is not for me. Doesn't feel right. No. no. So then I thought, okay, I have really deep morals. How am I ever going to allow the acting stuff of what I have to do? So I had to pivot, yeah. and I realized that in my work experience of being able to walk into people's offices and gain business, I mm -hmm. was able to talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I was able to ask questions and really listen. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I would really love to interview, be a host versus yeah. an actress. So I started taking hosting classes because there is a difference. There's a lot of things that you have to learn. People think it's easy to sit up here and just have a conversation, but it's not. Yeah, it's, it's, not. it's not easy. No, and took so, me 100 tries. <laughs> but you did it, obviously, yeah. right? Thank you, 100. <laughs> every, every time it gets a little bit better, a little easier. I used to mm -hmm. fumble so much on the camera. And like, I'd have to, I think I had to do, probably before you, but I had to do like, I don't know, 10 intros. Wow, really? And then it was, still was like, all right, let me just get it out. <laughs> or you and can look, edit it. You, know? you knocked this out in one try. I mean, it's, it, I feel like it's, you know, it's like when you do something 10,000 hours mm -hmm. or whatever, you get to be... Yeah, it just, it, it, and it's true. It's like if you're not good at something, if you just practice, practice, yes. practice, practice, you eventually do yeah. get better at it. Yeah, so keep going. So I ended up being a host. I got some classes, and I realized that I really do love doing it. Hmm. So I started out doing red carpet events, and I got to interview some really cool people. Um, Name them off. Come on. Oh, gosh. I interviewed Beverly Johnson. Mm -hmm. um, my worst, you mentioned him, but Michael Douglas. Mm -hmm. I was doing the Critics' Choice Awards. Okay. And he was up for the movie. Um I don't even remember the movie. It was the Batman movie where he came out. Uh, not as Batman, but it was the one where he was like, oh, what is that movie? I forget too. I don't, Bird. I think it was oh, bird. the Bird okay. or something. Yeah, yeah. And where it depicts him mm -hmm. kind of falling off from mm -hmm. being Batman. But I didn't watch the movie before I interviewed him. Okay. So he came up and, you know, you got to ask him questions. You got to talk to them and it has to be, you know, go through the flow. Right. Well, I didn't know anything. So I'm <laughs> sitting there and I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm stumbling. Was it Michael Keaton? I'm sorry, Michael Keaton. Yes, yeah, yes, see? that's, that's, that's where I was not confused. Douglas. Because Michael, Michael Douglas is no, he is, old now. Yes, yeah. he is. Sorry, Michael Keaton yes. is who it was, and he's looking at me like you little shit. Like, <laughs> what are you? What do you want to know? You yeah. don't even know who I am. He felt so, I'm sure, kind of like insulted. Yeah, I knew who he was, but I didn't watch the movie, so I couldn't really ask him what he <laughs> needed to be asked. So right. it was the biggest fumble of my hosting career, and I'm glad that it's not on tape anywhere. <laughs> that anybody <laughs> did he? Can find. Uh, what did do you remember? What he said to you? He just looked at me like I was a complete idiot and walked oh, wow. off. Wow. Like it was really bad. And then in that point. You get in your head and yeah. then you have to like retrack yourself like, OK, get it together. Yep. You can pull this off. But then after that, I started doing more. I've I interviewed Christina Applegate. 
And then in the same night, I got to interview Tom Hanks, which was one of my favorite interviews. Was he kind to you? (laughs) He is the coolest guy. He was laughing. So he was doing a play with Smokey Robinson. Mm -hmm. And I was asking him, so are you going to have Smokey Robinson sing during Mm. the play? And he goes, of course, it's Smokey Robinson. You name a Smokey song and I'll tell you if it's going to be on there. (laughs) Now, remember, my dad is from, you know, he's a Mexican cholo. Like, I know oldies. We know Smokey Robinson. So I named my favorite and I was like, you know, my favorite is Agony and Ecstasy. He's mm-hmm. like, what the heck? He's like, Agony and Ecstasy. He's like, kind of like this interview right now. <laughs> so he was really funny about it. He was just a really cool guy. We got to talk. I got to ask him some cool questions. Wow. But um, some other favorites were Vivica Fox for me. Mm-hmm. I got to interview one-on-one where I was more of a sit down. Like a long Like a 45-minute conversation wow. like this. Mm-hmm. And I really got to just pick her brain and talk to her about her start and you know, people may not know this, but she is an amazing businesswoman. Oh, wow. That's and cool. she has, you know, production company and she creates a lot of movies and has like a deal with Lifetime. Okay. And sometimes people don't realize that you see these actors or actresses and you only see them in these movies right. and performing, but you don't realize that there's so much deeper mm. levels to them. Yeah. So that's what I enjoyed about talking to them. Same with Greg Grunberg. I just interviewed him not too long ago and he's cool. working with the Foundation for Lupus. I'm okay. sorry, not lupus, epilepsy. Okay. Uh, because his son has epilepsy. Oh, wow. So he's doing all of this amazing work. And people don't really know that because when you get interviews with celebrities, it's always the shallow Sure, like what, tell us about the show exactly. and how did you do the movie, yeah. So, so I love to be able to dig deep and mm. really find out what motivates you, what keeps yeah. you going. Like Because at the end of the day, I created this business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To be able to be for my there for my children and do the acting, but it really did become my life. I am a full time entrepreneur. That's cool. I have my company. I'm building my company, but I still have the passion in, you know, wanting to be interviewing celebrities and really entrepreneurs because yeah. that's really what the exciting thing is. Because there's other girls and guys like me that grew up the way I grew up. Right that doesn't have the mentors or don't think that they can do it and being able to hear somebody else's story can encourage them to know that, no, you can too. Yeah. That's, I love how you said, like, if they look like me, they look like me and they, they're like come from a similar background. Like Mm -hmm. I know that I can do it. Yeah, exactly. And and you look at celebrities, you look at anyone that's out there that's crushing it and they're just normal people, you know, everyday normal people. Yeah. There's not like, it used to be more, I think where it was like, you had to be a perfect, you know, figure, perfect mm-hmm. face. And then now it's like, you know, anyone who has talent yeah. and hard work ethic can can do it. I mean, they're pulling people off of social media now. If you have a following on social right. media and you can build your own content mm-hmm. and you're following, they want you because right. you're doing the work for these. You're your own producer. Right. So everybody relates to somebody who looks like them, who talks like them, yeah. because you can't really relate. I mean... You know, back in the days when Hollywood was so Hollywood, it was like the Marilyn Monroe's and right. the, you know, the Doris days of actresses where yeah. you weren't able to touch them. Nobody was really on that level. Yeah. Today, everybody's pretty much on the same playing field. It's just how bad are you going to work for it? Yeah. Some people are so obsessed and they work so hard. You're like, Do I really even want to compete with that person. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's true. Yeah. And that is hard because it's like the, there's always somebody who's working just as hard as you. Or harder. Who want it harder, exactly. Yeah. 
who wants it just as much. And I deal with yeah. that too. You know, I mean, let's keep it real. I deal with imposter syndrome on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Am I going to get up? Am I even worth it? Can, will anybody listen to me? What I have to say, does anybody care? But you got to block all that stuff out and you got to just run your own race. It's like right. the horses with the things on their eyes. Yeah. Like, just put your moving. head down and eventually you'll make it. Yeah. You said imposter syndrome. What is that? <laughs> Where you're doing something or I think I'm something, but am I really? The questions are always arising. Am I really yeah. capable? Look, I come from a family who struggled. Yeah. who are Hispanic. My, I'm first generation Mexican American. My family, my dad moved here when he was seven, working in the fields with my grandfather, his great-grandfather. Yeah. Like, am I... Like, do I belong here with I? these people that are, yeah, exactly. that are at that level? It's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Or I deal with that. I think that's where it goes back to being in your mind. You have to believe who you are. Yes. I always look at this, this uh, idea of, you know, you are that person. It's just time that is between you. So, you know, like... Like earlier on, before I was a CEO, I was like, I know I'm a CEO and I believed it, even though until when I'd be around people, I was like, this is who I am and I know that's where I'm going to be. It's just that time, it separates me from being that. And it's still, I'm still the same person though. Did you ever have any doubt that creeped in? Yeah, I think, I, I think so. But I, I also think that when you know, it's like your identity mm -hmm. and you know who you are, it it's, yeah, you still like have those doubts sometimes, but you still know it's like. That's who I am. I'm going to yeah. get there. It's just, I don't know how long it's going to take. It might take a year. It might take 10 years. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I deal with as well. Yeah. So, and I think we all do, but it's just like you said, how are you going to, are you going to give into that doubt? Yeah. Are you going to let those lies? Because we all have that talk in our head, right? There's right. that voice. And most of the time it's not positive. So you right. have to sit there and look at it straight in the face and say, no, that's a lie. Yeah. I know I'm capable. I know I'm able to do this because yeah. there is somebody out there that will believe, you know, not believe those voices and keep going and pushing just as hard. Totally. And I think that people are on like a trajectory or they're on their own program. Right. And, and in order to, you have to break out of it. You have mm -hmm. to like actually believe and do and, and force yourself to do something different. Well, you have to force yourself to actually do it. Take right. the first step because yeah. I mean, everybody wants to do something but what are you doing what motions are you putting in place sure because it's the first step that's going to get you to the second and the third mm -hmm. and that's the hardest part is actually moving towards it that's why i love the cold plunge and it's i'm not trying to do like a advertisement for it but it literally is the exact thing where it's like nobody wants to get into cold water yeah but when you do it and you tell yourself to do it and you make yourself do it and you sit there and you're in it for two or three minutes it's like exactly that because it's like nobody really wants to i i, I dread it i do it almost every day and you do I, yeah and I, how long are you in there for i'm in there at least three minutes oh wow okay. and i that's about it because i don't really you don't have benefits over 11 minutes a week so mm -hmm. i'll do two and a half to three minutes usually and sometimes a little more than three but i've never tried that but i definitely would want to it's, it's a it's a mental thing it's a mental sure. thing 100 percent. like yeah. i've seen grown men that are just ripped just tough like tough as you can imagine scream like girl like oh like a little God. girl like a 10 year old girl and then my daughter who's 17 just gets in and just is like wow just sits there and you know it's all mental toughness yes. you know yeah. it's, it really is that's what life is yeah Being mentally prepared and being able to handle it but even for your daughter like to have a father that is showing her these things lucky for her yeah there's other girls and guys out there that don't have that and True. you know it's like how do they continue to know that yeah i can do this yeah it's
So yeah, they have to important. find it somewhere inside, or you know, it, it, how do you? How does someone do that? They I mean, don't have for like me, a father, or, yeah, like that, yeah, to show them that. For me, it was knowing that. Luckily, I got to see it when yeah. I, when I was traveling, but because it wasn't in my own home and it wasn't instilled in me and it wasn't yeah. taught, mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I was introduced to books, even if it was at 30 years old. Yeah. Because it's almost like, oh, you know, people think I'm 30, I'm 40. It doesn't matter. Pick up a book. If you don't know what you're doing, if mm. you don't have anybody in your circle that is doing the things that you want to do, find your mentors somewhere else. For me, it was books. Wayne Dyer was such a huge... Wow huge uh component of my growth mm-hmm. i've read so many books but really you, did you pick one author like like that and then no just not necessarily watched, just it was yeah there was you know there was a author named keith harrell was he was a basketball player and he thought he was going to make it to the big leagues and he didn't and his whole life felt like it crumbled and he mm-hmm. didn't know what to do and it's your mindset because right. now he's like, well, what do I do? I'm a failure. I'm nothing. But you have to literally be able to change your thoughts and your mind and the way that you're going to look at who you are mm-hmm. and what you're going to do. And you got to know that there's something better. But yeah. for some people, they just don't know. They don't know. Life is in a rut. Everything's going bad. How do you change that? But, you know, we hear it all the time. We are a ball of energy. So all the energy that we put out there is literally coming right back to us. Right. If I'm only thinking negatively about myself or about my situation, how is it ever going to change? But I didn't know that until I read it in a book, until I had somebody who did the work, who lived it, who has the history and the proof to say, no, let me tell you this works, that I was able to believe it and now then start changing my own mindset. And cool. that's kind of what got me to where I am. So you had mentioned earlier that I was homeless. And, yeah. you know, I, it happened twice. T- that's, a, that's a dark place, right? Like, yeah. Like and it like, happened how did twice I get here? Twice, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it happened because I was in a relationship. And as most women, we depend on our mates. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really too concerned about making the money or saving because I felt secure in this relationship that I was in. Yeah. And um, it didn't, it wasn't secure. And so when it didn't work out and I had to leave, I had nowhere to go. I didn't have a savings. My business was just starting, but I wasn't really pushing it because I felt comfortable in the man that I was with. Yeah. And so I had to learn on two separate occasions that I cannot put my trust, my security in a man. Yeah. And, you know, I, it didn't make me bitter because I'm not a right. bitter woman <laughs> right, right. by any means. Um, but it may empowered me. Mm. It empowered me to realize that, you know, as women, we need to have our own. Mm-hmm. We need to build. And I needed to do that for my girls. So yeah. I was not living anywhere. I was actually staying with my sister and having my little girl sleep on the cou- on the floor, not mm. even on a couch, on the floor next to me was the hardest thing. I felt broken. Yeah. I felt just like a failure. But what I didn't do was I didn't let it get me down. Because yeah. if I was down, how was I ever going to get back up? Right. So what I did was I got up every day and I walked the streets of West Covina Mm -hmm. and I went into every office and bank that would be a potential partner for my business nobility. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, do you need any work? Do you outsource this? Do you do that? And because again, B2C would have been horrible. And for those that don't know B2C, it's business (laughs) to consumer. Right. I am a business to business type of company. Yep. And so I built partnerships, but I walked into this accountant's office and I just asked him, this is what I do. Do you have anything that I can help you with? He gave me four deals on the spot, which totaled like five grand for me. 
That's amazing. I went, got my girls, got in the townhouse, and I have never looked back. That's so cool. And I have built from there. How do you kind of overcome the fear of going walking right into? Because some people, you probably, you might have it naturally. I don't know, but yeah. it seems like you do. Some people don't have that. Yes. Like they can't do, but can they practice it? And Absolutely. Like how, what, would, what would be your advice for someone like that? So I learned this in acting class. And this is why I know that I have it because I did do so many years of acting classes and hosting classes. You got to put yourself in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You already know, like you're scared. Yeah. You're going to walk in here and, and don't like... Honestly, when I'm walking in an office, all of that happens. On the way here, I'm over here taking my breathing, like (laughs) anxiety hit. I got to be on a podcast. Exactly. I got to talk. I got to be on. You get that. We're human. It's that whole Mm -hmm. inner anxiety, fear, all of it. It comes up. Right. You got to regulate that. I tell myself, okay, you got this. And I put myself in a bubble where it's just me against me. So I'm walking in a place. I'm asking for business. The worst thing that they can say is no. Right. And to me, it's never means N-O. They're not telling me no. Yeah. They're saying, I don't know you. I don't mm. know what you're doing. I mm. don't know what you're about. No. I so like it's that. K-N-O-W. I like that. That's good. It's what it is. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know what you're selling me. Right. I don't know nothing about you. No. Yeah. That's what they're saying. So in order for me to gain that relationship, that business, I'm going to go in there and smile Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to ask for the CEO. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ask for the decision maker. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make contact with that gatekeeper Mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk to that gatekeeper and I'm going to, you know, smile at her or him. I'm going to compliment them. I'm going to ask how their day is going and I'm going to be kind. That's good. And then what they're going to do is they're going to remember me. So when I give them my card and I say, it's okay. Can you just tell him I stopped by? Does he have a card? Does she have a card? Right. I'll email them and then I'll come back. Good. I always come back. And then they remember you. They remember me and they're mm-hmm. happy and I'm smiling. <laughs> and you be surprised how far a smile will go. Oh, yeah. Be kind. People don't realize that. No. It's powerful. Well, your energy says everything. You've yeah. already spoken as soon as you walked in that door yeah. by your energy. And people judge. <laughs> of course. Right out the gate. Yeah. Yes. Especially women. It's hard to be a woman in sales mm-hmm. uh, when you're dealing with other women. Mm. I, I mean, I get that firsthand. So I never come in. I didn't know women judge each other. Come on now. <laughs> you know? Of course, yeah. So it's for me, it's always, you know, getting to the woman. Yeah. It, as a woman working with other women, it's mm-hmm. let's work together. I'm not here. I'm not your competition. Right. You're beautiful. You're doing an amazing job. How can I help you become mm. better mm-hmm. at what you're doing? How can I make you a superstar? I'm only here to help you. I don't need right. anything from you. Let me be an asset. Let me be somebody that goes into your Rolodex that now can be beneficial to what you have going on. So you think your act, acting classes helped? Like did, in a, in a way you kind of have to put on a persona yes. a little bit, right? Like, of course. Because nobody, like I said with the cold punch, no one necessarily always feels about going to meet new people, right? Like mm-hmm. some people just, a few people out there love it. Like just, they, they, light up and they become this person right but like with an acting class you could probably learn like what do i need to do to just sort of turn this on yeah but it's not really you know people think acting is being fake it's not it's taking real life moments of who you are and Mm. what you've experienced as a person yeah and bringing it into this character right so does it help sure it helps but i think what it does is it gives you more confidence not to be scared right so you can be yourself 
Because I can guarantee you, the person who's walking into an office trying to get business from a broker or a realtor, right? They're when they're not walking in that office and they're hanging out with their friends on a Friday or a Saturday, they're yeah. the coolest person. Right. They have the best personality and they can charm a room. Yeah. But then they walk in somewhere and like, oh my god, I gotta ask them for business. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. Stop it! Like nobody yourself, cares. Yeah. yeah, they're not gonna think about you when you leave. They're gonna probably talk about you if you're walking in there like stumbling on your words, yeah. not knowing, you know, not having the confidence. Nobody wants to work with somebody that lacks confidence. Yeah, true. Because then how do they trust that you're gonna be able to handle their business? If exactly. you're not confident in who you are and what you're asking them for. Yeah. So own it. Right. That's right. So good. <laughs> I love that. So so th- there's a lot of things that I'm sure have contributed to to your success, right? Some of it's like the hardships. I mean, I think that I I I contribute or I attribute a lot of my success to hardships. Things that I've gone through through my life, right? So what else would you say that, you know, just hard work and what you else? You know, it's the not wanting to live the way that I lived when I was with my parents mm. and I love my parents to death, yeah. but you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I say that all the time. So I do know that I don't want that life. Yeah. I do know that I don't want my girls to want. I don't know how am I always going to get it yeah. because I don't have the mentors. So I knew things, but I didn't know some. Yeah. And then being in the relationship that I was in was really hard. And every time I was not, in a good place with that relationship, I would pick up a book. Mm. Some people go out, some people party, some people drink it away. I couldn't do that because some of the issues were me not being there mentally mm-hmm. as far as my maturity. Um, my growth was really important to me because I knew that I wanted to be a different person, but you can't be the person you want to be without the knowledge of how to get there. True. So a lot of these hardships of not having a place to live Seeing that, okay, if I work hard and I walk in an office, I'll get this and look at what it got me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me go do it again. Let me yeah. get up and keep doing this every day. Yep. So cool. I just knew that for me, I didn't want to go back to where I was. Yeah. Anytime something happens, and and believe me, let me not like let me make this very clear. Being an entrepreneur is not up, 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 up every no, day. No, there's no, no. highs yes. and there's valleys. Mm-hmm. There's in the beginning of my career, there was times that I made no money for three months at a time. Yeah. I I can't honestly sit here and say that it's something like quit your day job, go start a business. It's hard work, but right. it's most of all, it's having faith and knowing that what I'm doing has yep. a purpose. I know that I'm going to be successful at it and I got to keep going. Yeah. So there were times I took a job here or a job there because I'm not going to just sit there. There's no way I was <laughs> going to let my kids suffer. And my kids think that they are the richest kids in the world. Let me awesome. tell you, you know, yesterday yeah. my 16 year old asked me for a Louis Vuitton bag. I said, what is wrong <laughs> with you? So they know mom works hard. Yeah. My daughter wants to take over my business. And these are things that my kids see. They're not mm-hmm. going to see the struggle. And that was really important to me because I did not want them to live the life that I had to live. So how do you feel about that? So like when you went through a struggle mm-hmm. and your kids aren't struggling. Yes. Yeah. So what happens in that? Like, cause I think about, I struggled, my parents, amazing people, but all, I wanted more. And I, and I kind of, you see where your, your, you know, your parents are and you go, I want more than that. And so you have to make adjustments in your life to not end up where they are. Right. Yeah. Or, so, so with a struggle background, <laughs> you have the hard work and the ethic to like go after it when you're just like, mom's going to give me a Louis Vuitton. Where, where, how do they learn that yes. other than, you know, 
it's like it's like we, we I call it handicapped by helping. Yeah. And it's like sometimes we want to give our kids everything, and we my kids have an amazing life. Um, but it's like I feel sometimes bad that I'm like handicapping them right by helping them too much. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? So I totally agree with that whole thing. Like, yeah. yes, it is difficult because I did have to grow up in the hard knocks. Yeah. It was the street smarts that got me to where I am today and right. being able to handle myself in those situations. My kids, I mean, I don't even let them walk to the bathroom by themselves <laughs> now at the beach. I mean, it's the crazy world. So I'm right. very overprotective, but I don't give them everything. And yeah. I do have a lot of talks with them. My girls know my story. Yeah. My girls know my struggle. They know struggle. what you had to go through. Yes. Yeah. And they know what I grew up in. They know that it was not easy. So as much as she, you know, likes to think she's this bougie girl, <laughs> she ain't getting no Louis Vuitton, but yeah. she knows she's going to have to work for it. They know that they see mom get up every day, mm. you know. And so you, they're getting a program from that. Yes. They, they're, that's kind of what they're going to model. Yes. They, they realize that that's, that's how you. It's not what, easy. Yeah. There's not exactly. a man in the house that's sitting there taking care of mom. Mom right. gets up every day, goes to the gym, comes home, gets ready on the phone, on the, like, let's go, go, go. Yeah. They know that. And they are emulating that in some of the things that they do. They, mm -hmm. you know, they want to be just as successful. My daughter wants to take over my business. She's asked me, please don't sell your business. <laughs> I want to take it over. I want to be a cool. real estate agent. Like mm. she sees it. She sees the life that I'm able to give them on my own. Yeah. And they admire that. So I think it is um, a fine line. Yeah. You know, with spoiling them and giving them things. But there's also you have to be real with them yeah. and let them know, like, this didn't come easy. Right. You know, I have two girls and, you know, they're from two different fathers. Like, and in, I've never been married. Like, I had a real life. I had to struggle. And yeah. and I had to really, like, go through the breakups and the, the letdowns and do mm -hmm. it on my own. And you girls have seen me. You've seen us living in, you know, your aunt's floor, your grandma's, you know, living right. room. Like you've seen me, you've watched me, but you've also watched me get up every time Yeah. and continue to give us the life that you're living now. So mm. I think they can respect that and they can see it yeah. and they'll not make the same mistakes hopefully and know that they have to work just as hard. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. What um, projects are you excited about right now? So uh, right now, I'm really excited about just nobility, my mm -hmm. business. I have decided that I'm really going to kind of venture into the sector world of private lending and okay. target the brokers and the lenders because um, in my business, realizing how important it is to set up a company and an yep. LLC when you're purchasing property or when you're doing investments, it is so important to educate your borrowers. Mm -hmm. And I'm really focusing on building that for me. Um I'm doing some of the hosting stuff as well, but right now they're on a strike, so there's not a lot of work going on. <laughs> still, they're still, still on a strike. On a strike, yeah. Do you think that's gonna come through? Or so what? I was having a conversation about it yesterday. I think it might end sometime in October because mm -hmm. we're coming into the holiday season, and I think all these ads are gonna need to get put out, and they're gonna lose money if they don't. So we're hoping October. Yeah. I'm still auditioning and doing my acting stuff and my hosting stuff, but it's just a little quiet right now due to the strike. So I'm really, really building out on nobility. And I do have employees, but when I get to go out there and sell my business, yep. it makes a world of difference. Cool. Um, building relationships. Mm -hmm. I know you're good at that. So yeah. talk about kind of some of the key things that have uh, helped you along the way and, and got you there. So relationships is a funny thing because it doesn't happen overnight. Nobody's going to trust you. Yep. And I have relationships that I've had for the past 20 years 
And building relationships for me is being able to really just first go up to a person and introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, I'm so-and-so. What do you do? Because if you notice, and even when I go to conferences or do these, you know, brokered um, lending expos and things like that, mm-hmm. it's really like having people come up to you and just start talking is yeah. the hardest part. Right. So I think that's the most important thing is being able to come out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and just introduce yourself. And yep. that's scary. It's still scary for me. Right. But I'm going to say, hey, John, hi, or I don't know your name, but I'm say, hi, I'm Lucy. What brings you here? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Just opening it. And then yeah. from there, it's just talking, introducing yourself. But then again, follow up, follow up, follow up. That's yep. what's important because I tend to be that little fly that keeps coming and buzzing around and <laughs> I become a bugaboo, but mm-hmm. in a very like professional way. Right. Hey, it's me again. Hey, it's me again. And I always use the example of I had this accountant that I walked in his office and he I left him a flyer for my company mm-hmm. and he didn't do anything with it. I came back a couple months later. Hey, just checking in. Wanted to say hi. And again, I'm never asking for anything. I'm just saying coming hi. in saying hi. Because if you're asking for something off the bat, they don't know you. Right. Who's going to give and you they anything? they put up their defenses. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want anything. Stop yeah. soliciting to me. Exactly. So I always come back and come back and just, hey, I was in the neighborhood. I just wanted to stop in. I was visiting a client next door. I thought I'd stop by. That's always my go-to. Oh, I had a client next door, right? No clients in the area, but I'm going to say that. Oldest trick in the book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I use it because yeah. sometimes you don't have to rewrite it's right. already there for you. Yeah. That is a good one that works. So I would go in and just continuously say hi. And then one day he called me mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I was looking online and I saw your your picture on Yelp and I realized you've been in my office. So <laughs> he has become one of my biggest accountants. Wow. He sends me like I probably make a third of my yearly income from this accountant. Wow. Just from cold just calling. from from going in there, letting him see me and building the relationship slowly because i think and sometimes it's hard for sales reps Mm -hmm. that are having quotas and you know this goes to like the ceos and the managers right it's not always that easy to go in there and say okay bring me a this book of business i need a million dollars like it takes time to build relationships. You got to be easy on these reps. It does take time. Yeah, and you can't just expect that no. like they're going to all of a sudden be a big client of yours. You got to work. No, it takes like work. they're not takes... going to trust you. Yeah. So it does take time. It's, there's a ramp up, mm-hmm. and once you build it though, and you have a solid relationship, it goes far. But I will say this because a lot of people I notice and I see this even in sales reps, everybody's so concerned about the sale and yeah. meeting their quota, they don't really care about the client. Right. And that about is transactions versus exactly yeah. versus relationship. Right. I am not a transactional person. Yeah. I don't. If that's all you want, I'm so not the person shallow for you. and it's just not. No, there's not, no substance in it. Yeah. And if you have the relationship, they're going to come back. They're going to refer people to you because yeah. now they trust you and they have a relationship. You know, my business was built on me canvassing in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I don't have to do any of that today. Everything Amazing. is based off of referrals. Or, you know, being on um, podcasts like this, I get a lot of people that just for having me on to speak, there's obviously something there that I'm doing right and people can trust. And it's always better to have business with somebody that somebody knows you and referred you than you going and trying to get that. So much better. Yeah. Especially like in a mortgage because you got to give them their social security number. You got to talk to them about some like really emotional transaction and- They got to trust you. Exactly. And same in my business. I mean, I'm starting up people's 
businesses. Right. These are people that have a dream. Exactly. And so I have to get deep. And, you know, sometimes we're having these conversations that are really personal. And Mm -hmm. it's really being able to listen and show that you care versus, Mm -hmm. all right, I just want the deal. Let me let me have that. And then again, it goes so much further because they feel so comfortable and they loved you so much. They're going to refer their friend. They're going to refer somebody who's looking for something. So it just goes a lot further when you actually care about the relationship versus just getting a transaction. done. True. So put your AE hat on real quick. Okay. Think about what um, it would be like for a mortgage broker. You probably know this because you still have your fingers in the business, but would it be like for a mortgage broker to go through what just what just happened in the last year, which is the rates mm-hmm. going up from two, three percent all the way to seven, eight percent? Yeah. Like what <laughs> can they do to get business? Gosh, that's such a interesting question because I think what they were gonna have to do is find some sort of pivot within what they're doing right now. It's been easy for them. Rates yeah. have been so low. Yeah. There's not enough houses on the market. So everybody's you know, hiking these prices up, over offering. Right. It's been easy. It's been easy. So now that it's not easy, yep. you're only going to have those people that are really dedicated to their borrowers, mm-hmm. to what they're doing, to what they're selling. And you're going to have to change your knowledge, I think. I think you're going to have to learn new programs, new yep. new ways, get innovative on, okay, what am I going to do to still get clients? Because mm. It's not like rates have never been this high before. Correct. Yeah. They're just higher. Yeah, even higher, right? <laughs> right? They're just super low. So what can I do to bring a borrower? Even housing prices, I believe, are coming down a little bit. In some areas, yeah. But, but... prices are still, I mean, the rates are still high. Right. I, I mean, again, I'm not a broker, but I, in my, you know, fickle, simple mind here, I would think, okay, well, let's get you in a house and then you can work on it, gain some equity, and then maybe in a couple of years, let's refi it when the rates go down. There's right. still business to be made, but you got to care enough to get them in something right. that's going to suit them and not just about, okay, I'm, I'm stressing out here. I need to make some money. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to get creative. I don't, I mean, right. I don't know. That's a hard question. I know. I don't want to act like, oh, just do this because <laughs> I'm mean, not in that every day. It's kind of a, like all the things you've already said, which is like relationships and just hard work. And, you know, when you're on your, when you're kind of at the, the bottom level of like my pipeline so low, yeah. like how do you get that back up? It's just putting in that effort and just knowing that it's going to come back. But you got to put in those seeds, plant those seeds now. And seeds is a big thing. I mean, I love doing networking events. I love going out and introducing myself and making my name known. Like you're going to know me when I walk in a room. They're going to be like, well, who's that? Like just make yourself known. Be, be coachable. Yeah. Be approachable. Get out of book. Get out. You know (laughs) Like you said, right? You just got to put in the work. Yeah, that's good. Um, what about like online stuff? I know you're doing well with the online online presence, social media. Like what what uh, what do you what's your advice on that? I think social media is huge. Yeah. Before social media, you had websites, and mm-hmm. I always say perception is reality. True. So when somebody is looking at your business, the first thing they're going to do is go to your website. Today, the first thing people are going to do is Google you and yeah. go to your social media. I think an online pre- presence is everything it's huge huge. and it lets people know who you are because Mm -hmm. now they're seeing your family now they're seeing how you are on the weekends what are you acting like so i'm very particular with my social media Mm -hmm. i live a life that is pretty classy you know i have some fun but there's certain things i'm not going to put on social media especially if you're in business if you're an ae out there trying to get business or a broker and you're 
on the boat doing shots in a bikini? Like, what does that look like? You gotta be right. tactful. You gotta yeah, take like, care. I don't know if yeah. I do business with, yeah, it's your image because yeah. again, your perception of who you are and what you put out there, it doesn't go away on the internet. No, once it's out there, it is out there. Be mindful of the things you say. We all have opinions. Yeah. I get it. We have beliefs, but be tactful. I mean, I can go and tell a story about one company. He he was like he was blacklisted he be mm. because of what somebody found online from him expressing what he felt and again like political or political, religious or whatever yeah something like any that, of yeah. it i mean yeah. again we all have our opinions but i don't believe a social platform is the place for it especially on your business on that's business. open to the world yes. right if you're like in your private and you have your friends that all are kind of in the same bubble it's like yeah if it's sure. a private account right, but right. even then you got to be careful because somebody can share it somebody Screenshot can it. exactly yeah. Yeah. so it's almost like you just have to be mindful of what you're doing online. It is your presence. It's yeah. your brand. Mm -hmm. It's your platform. Right. So you have to treat it as a business. And that's my opinion because I get so much business from social media. Yeah. And people know who I am. They know, you know, my my story, my family. They can relate to me, but they also know that I'm about my business. And yeah. they know that I'm not going to sit there and, you know, I don't put a lot of crap on there you just have to be mindful but it's really important for business it's good talk more about your business and how it can like help mortgage brokers so i set up corporations okay. i set up llc's s corps c corps dbas i do all of the annual compliance what that entails in the state of california you are regulated to do annual minutes if you are a corporation mm -hmm. llc not so much but I work with a lot of investors. I work with developers. I work with brokers. For anybody that has a loan that they are purchasing either a second home, mm -hmm. um, investment properties, or they're putting up developments, you should have those in a corporation. Yeah, because LLC. Or, LLC yeah. Developments mm -hmm. are more like C-Corps if you're doing the big projects. Right. But properties, if you're buying an investment, second home, they should be put into LLCs. Right. The reason... It's because if I have a company or a property that's an Airbnb mm -hmm. and then I have a client that comes in and falls or they mess it up and yeah. they sue me, mm -hmm. well, they're now live. They're now able to get my home, my home that I live in with my family, yeah. my car, all of the money in my bank account. There's no protection between me and this property that I bought to be a business for myself. Yeah. So if you're operating any type of Airbnb or anything that you're renting out or having people in and you don't have it protected, you're putting everything that you own at risk. That's true. So even with lenders, I mean, I know that most lenders like to lend to other entities mm -hmm. because it's a little bit more um, safer on the protection side. For like a business purpose For loan. For business yeah. purpose loan, yes. Which we do a lot of those, the debt service coverage. Yeah, GSCR. so it's, it's always good to have them in an LLC. Right. So what I also do for a lot of brokers is let's say somebody has an LLC here in California, but they want to purchase it in a different state. Mm -hmm. So I'll go ahead and set up the foreign uh, entity status in another state so they don't have to go open a new court, but they can now do business in different states. Oh, that's cool. And then I also, if you have one who maybe had one for a couple of years, but it's inactive, it's suspended, mm -hmm. it's not up to date. I do all of the work on bringing it up to date, getting it active and just handling everything on the business the tax side. filing. And all so that. I don't do tax filing because I think that's boring. Sorry, accounts. <laughs> but I do do the bookkeeping. So do you, do you refer it? I like, do. Okay. I have about 15 CPAs and accountants oh, cool. that I've built and work with all over, you know, cities. Right. And I have just really built my Rolodex. I can do everything from payroll, workers comp, health benefits, um, 
accounting because the bookkeeping, but mm-hmm. then I have accountants, I have CPAs. So anything the business needs, if they need a website, logo, branding, wow. I've built up a whole team. I've been doing this for 12 years. That's cool. So I know everything that the business needs to start and what it takes for them to run and keep it a sustainable company. So I think one of the questions is going to be, how fast can you set up an LLC? Because these loans, you know, they come yeah. in and, oh, you need to put it in an LLC. Can you do it like pretty I quick? can do it within 24 hours, but there oh. is a state fee mm-hmm. for a rush. And then yeah. I can have your articles and your EIN number and operating agreement because most lenders require those three things. So we yeah. can have it as fast as 24 hours, depending on what state you're in. Because every state is different. So some days I can have it the same day as I file. Just, again, depends on the state that we're filing in. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna put your information on on our um, all of our platforms. Mm-hmm. But tell us real quick how to find you on for that business. So you can find me at Lucy Sesenia. That's L U C E E C E S E N A on Instagram. I also have a Nobility Consulting Instagram. It's not very active. I am more my brand. I am the business. So you can find me at Lucy Sesenia or my website www.nobility with an n nobility consulting.com cool yeah. yeah i'm sure you get some business out of it um you talked earlier a little bit about i think it was it wasn't failures but it was um weaknesses mm. <laughs> well let's talk about fail like every business owner has gone through failures right that's how you get to your success of course talk about any favorite failures you might have that like stand out that made you think this was a turning point in my life that made me successful? Yeah, for me, it's not like when I started this business, I bootstrapped it. Yeah, there was I did not go to college to be a business consultant. I didn't know what I was doing. So I made a lot of mistakes in the business in the business in the beginning. Mm -hmm. For me, the turning point was when I was able to take accountability for those mistakes Mm. and having to eat the cost of, okay, that's my fault. I messed up. I'm sorry. And being honest with my borrower, with my client saying, I didn't know. And I'm really sorry, but that makes owning it, owning it. That makes such a huge difference because if I go in there and make excuses and justify what was done, they're not going to trust me. They're not going to bring their business back to me. True. So I remember one specifically, um, this guy needed a corporation within 24 hours and I just didn't file it properly. Mm. And it was like, you don't understand. Sometimes these corporations are being filed because they do have a deal on the line. They do need something. So I had to really own my mistake. I had to apologize. And that's the hardest thing where you're sitting there saying, it's my fault. I yeah. made the mistake. So when I learned how to really do that and take accountability, I was able to propel and go a lot further and get more trust from my clients. That's hard to do. It is so hard to do. Because we want to be like, you know, have an image and then we have pride. And it's just mm-hmm. like. Especially no. when you're a business and, you know, you're a solo entrepreneur, right. you don't want to make mistakes, but I'm human. I'm yeah. going to make mistakes. I make them every day, mm-hmm. but am I going to justify it or am I going to own it? And yeah. am I going to, because I can own it, now I can change it and fix it and it lasts with me so I don't make that mistake again. It's good. So that's one thing that really helped me. And we all are going to fail. We're all going to like, <laughs> you know, at some point, but yeah. I think the other thing that really makes a difference, John, is how you land and what you do when you fall. Yeah. Are you going to stay there and wallow in it and have pity? Take your moment. Yeah. You know, and have your little Catch tantrum, your do whatever yeah. you need to do, but then take a breath and mm-hmm. stand back up and say, okay, let's go. 
do it. Just keep going. Do it again. Get better. And it hurts. Yeah. But you got to keep going. Absolutely. Huh. I don't know why I just thought of this, but it was like, I think about when I was a kid and I was a skater. Mm-hmm. And I'd just eat shit all the time. Like just bust my knee, bust my elbow, hit my chin. Like, but then you just, I didn't, no one taught me that I just get back up and try the trick again and yeah. just keep going. And because then you, you wanted it. Yeah. You, exactly. You, you wanted, wanted it. it. Yeah. You wanted to be the best. You wanted to know how to do that. I'm sure there was other guys, boys there that were older than you that were killing it and you saw them do it. And if yeah. they can do it, you could do it. And yeah. that makes a world of difference. So true. Surround yourself with people that are doing it. If yeah. you, you know, you hear it all the time. If you're in a room full of people and you're the smartest one, you're in the <laughs> wrong room. So, Very true. Yeah. I mean, change your circle, change your mindset. We yeah. all have friends that we grew up with, and sometimes you've got to let them go, and that's the hardest part. Yeah. There's this song that says everybody can't go, and I had it for so many years, and now I understand what it means. Everybody can't go. It. It's just it. I, where to, I'm going. Everybody yeah. can't go. Nobody's yeah. go, Not everybody's going to make it with me. I right. love some people, and you know I have much respect, but not everybody's going to be able to go to where I'm headed. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't want to have dead weight. You need to propel yourself. And sometimes you got to let those people go. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's a little, it's a little savage, but it's, I mean, is it, I mean, yes, I get it, but it, we're so, we're caring about so many people's feelings yeah, and yeah. then it's like, then you're stuck with and them. You can't carry dead weight and, oh. and all that, especially if you want to go where you want to go. Yeah. Right. If you see yourself, right. Yeah. If you see yourself hitting that trick. Yeah. And you have somebody on the back of the skateboard that's making you trip up all the time. You got to kick <laughs> right. them off. And if you're in a race, no one's looking back on, exactly. oh, come on, come on. Exactly. No, you're, you're just like, I'm going as fast as I can go and yeah. not waiting for you. Yeah, it's good. I love that. <laughs> um, what about shout outs? Like I know you said, uh, you know, you love your parents and different things like that. But what else has helped you along the way? Who else? Hmm. Along the way? You know, I don't really want to shout the people that have helped me along the way because a lot of it wasn't positive. But yeah. those negatives have made me. Mm. who I am today. So I'll thank those people just for what they've done to me Mm -hmm. to be able to propel me to where I am today. Yeah. But I do, I think some of my, my mentors in those books, you know, I, I I will shout out Roxy and Susie from the sisters podcast. Nice. Um, They really gave me an opportunity initially and put me on their show without knowing much about me. And that really did propel my business. And I'm so thankful for them. And there are two, you know, Latina women that mm-hmm. are doing it. And I'm just so happy to see more Latinas in business as That's entrepreneurs cool. because you see them, but you don't really see them. There's yeah. not a lot of us out there like that. I mean, there is, but there's not a lot of limelight on it. Yeah. So any Latina entrepreneur, I shout you out, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, cool. And then we talked about where they can find you. And any last messages for mortgage brokers, real estate agents that you want to say? Anything? Yeah, I think you guys have to just, you know, I know it's tough time right now. And when it's up and you're high, it's a great life, right? Just don't give up. Keep going. It's it's tough. Put your clients in the right programs. Take care of your client. Don't do them dirty just for a check. You know, we had the crash in 2008 because a lot of those loans just do right by your business and you will succeed. Well said. (laughs) Thank you for watching. Thank you for uh, being a part of this podcast. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Please like, share, and go follow Lucy. Thanks. See you on the next one. The Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast.